Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prince Podcast here on Podcast Juice. My name is Michael Dean, and I'm doing a one-on-one today. Joining me today is a man with, you know, no introduction is needed, man. We're just going to call him Cousin Chaz. Chaz, how you doing, sir? (laughs) I'm doing well, my brother. How about you? Man, I'm doing blessed, and I appreciate you for coming on, man, and and chopping it up with us today. Uh, We, You know, the first time you came on the show, that was one of our big shows, man, on YouTube. There's a lot of conversation that came from that. Um, and people have always been saying we got to get Chaz back on here and after the recent events recently uh, and this is probably a very good time for you to come back on and I don't really want to waste a lot of time man we want to get into it and let's get some good conversation going Um, well thank you for having me on the show and let's get down yes sir yes sir so (laughs) let's start here man Um, I just want to hear from you you know I was in Minneapolis as many fans were uh, on the 19th or the 20th, whichever day the the uh, press conference was from the authorities. And I sure. want to hear, you know, based off of what you heard on that, man, just what, what, what are your thoughts on that, man? And where, where does it, where does that set things for you now? Well, um, to be really honest, I kind of knew ahead of time they had, I had been talking to law enforcement for, for shoot, since Prince passed. And I can't really, couldn't really reveal everything that I knew. And a lot of fans were in, you know, of course they were understandably impatient about information that, but I really couldn't say anything, but I knew a lot people were saying things and, you know, but uh, I kind of knew it was going to be the result that it ended up being that there would be a, you know, a small fine or um, that it would be hard to, to bring whoever had uh, mixed up the pills for Prince. Mm-hmm and had administered them to him or got them for him or however form in which you want to say that he got them. Uh, now that that information has leaked out of what was going on behind the scene, I'm hoping, and I was hoping as I, as uh, they did the, the press release, I thought, um, and like I said, I knew that that was coming and it was going to be their result. I had already ahead of time, my team, we had already planned to further investigate on our own and get other people, lawyers and people like that, that I've already put together. So that as soon as this happened, we would be ready to come out again and start finding, trying, you know, now that, uh, we kind of know a lot more now, mm. uh, we, uh, we can, we can further investigate this and really kind of bring, get print some justice. And that's what I really was intending to do all along. And so I, I was hip to that. I was, I can't tell you honestly. I mean, I can tell you honestly. Um, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for all the that type of attention. But um, I guess I guess it's what it, what this brings. It brings you know Prince brings that kind of thing. But I wanted to make sure that uh, anybody else that's in a situation like that that you would continue to fight for your loved ones because upon learning all the things I've learned about what happened to Prince there I met a lot of people and I have met I'm meeting more people who've experienced loved ones who have died in the same kind of way from the same thing Prince had so um I hope that answers the question I probably flew all over no the no you, you're, you're good and, and just so just for the record I want to what is justice for you I mean what would be what, what are you looking to, to to find 
Well, to me, um, from what I found out, I know exactly where the fentanyl came from that mm. killed my cousin. And, but I don't know who gave it to him. My name wasn't on the pill bottles and neither is anybody that I know. I know that the doctor goofed up and I, I feel like some of the people and associates were around, around him messed up and they're not talking or anything like that. So to me, if you don't have anything to hide, why aren't you out here speaking like me? You should be saying, I didn't do anything. I have nothing to do with it. Don't hide. Don't run and go get no lawyers. Don't be running around. Now I know more than I ever wanted to know about some of the characters that Prince had around him in his last days and times. I don't really, um, justice for me would be to see them, those people in particular, and they know who they are. I would love for them to uh, have to pay a price for that, not just running around here. You know, I would say follow the money and who rises after somebody like Prince falls. Hmm. So, so just my opinion. No, no, respect that. Now, um, you saw, you know, again, there's a lot of people, a lot of fans and people that are not family. Um, and some people would say, hey, sure. you know, what, why are you doing this? Um, you know, so my question would be asked, and I'm kind of jumbling around. My question is, are you in dialogue with the other family members, particularly the family members who are, you know, I guess part of the estate or who have, you know, supposedly have control of that? Is there, has there ever been a meeting with the family to say, yo, this is the situation? Has other family members been asking questions? I'm, I'm really curious, like, what is the communication between you guys? Well, to be really honest with you, I just, I went on my own and I was, I got to be honest with you. I was hoping everybody would jump on board. We've asked some family members and so on. I won't name which ones, but in particular, uh, I always wondered why the heirs are, haven't said anything. That's just being honest. But um, I, I, I also respect the fact that they are overwhelmed with this whole thing as anybody would be. It's probably easier to say that what you would do and what you wouldn't do as an heir um, to someone like Prince, but I'm just leaving that door open. I, I, did, I haven't pursued anyone. I just have been in my own lane and protecting my, trying to protect my cousin the best way I can after his passing and get the truth out. This is just my own mission because, you know, cousins are important. I don't know how, how folks want to, you know, they're going like, I've had some people go like, well, why me? And, and, and you know, kind of like in that negative sense, and I'm going like, like you want to try to get, I don't need the light. That's not what it's all about to me. It was like somebody like him, as much as Prince is given to the world, somebody has to say something like to this and speak to it. And we can't let it lay down. I'm not going to let it lay down. So if anybody thinks that this is just, you know, some joker, I'm going to be, you know, well, we'll get him to fall off. You're sadly mistaken because <laughs> it's never going to happen until I find out exactly what happened because it's been crazy since he died on that plane. Mm. And I, I was hoping that some family members would step up. But, you know, I understand, too, that they've got a lot on their plates to carry. So um, I hope that answers that. I, I, we, it's just Charles Chas Smith by myself and my family, my immediate family, my wife and, mm -hmm. and a few people that are like yourself and, and tons of people, the fans that want to know what's going on because they've seen what I've seen the night that um, – Prince Kent, that plane went down, and from then on, you know, it's it's just been, I don't know, it's just been insane. So, 
I didn't, I don't expect anybody else to get in with me. I feel like this is just my mission since me and Prince were little kids. I was the older cousin. I'm supposed to watch out for my aunts and my uncles, my everyone. They all thought you guys look out for each other. Mm. So this is, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why do you think the, uh, and, and I could be wrong, but why do you think the estate is not pushing for this or are they? Mm, that's an interesting question. Um, it, it appears that they're, they're really not there on a whole different narrative. Like I said, they have a lot of different things hitting them from all over the place. Prince's music, um, the selling off the property, uh, the museum, all the things that, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want put on me for any reason at all. So I, I, I don't know what to, I don't know. I can't even explain to you why or why not. I just don't know. And and just to be, you know, just to be clear on this, have you had any conversation with Tyka or any of the other heirs? Um, well, I've learned lately, my cousin Omar has been trying to reach out to me, which is really strange because when Prince first passed, he was saying, don't talk to the media. The family meeting was, don't say anything to the media. And I did. So they were, you know, people were kind of pissed at me, but I didn't care. Um, I'm their older cousin. I was here before Omar. Me and, me and Prince wrote a song about him when he was born. So I told him to step back a little bit. But I've heard he's reached out. My wife has told me that he's reached out. He's on vacation, I guess. And he's, he wants to talk to me. So maybe that'll be one. Taika? I see, I've seen Taika a couple times. Um, we haven't got a chance to, just the spirit wasn't right to really kind of get into it. But after Prince passed, we've had, we've had a, you know, we sat down and we rapped, but not about the specifics, but she kind of told me some pictures were missing that were supposed to go to us that Prince had and was wanting to give to us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she also, she also told me that how, what an influence I was to him. So we have spoken, but we didn't, we didn't get into his passing or anything like what, you know, any of that at all. I haven't had a chance to. All due respect, I'm just wanted to let her have her time for sure to grieve. If you guys can understand it, it's really kind of hard. I haven't cried or anything. I mean, uh, we did it at the memorial, but it was more I was crying for other people. It wasn't I haven't cried for myself about it. I just feel like until I find out what happened to Prince really and the way he was treated at the end of his life, um, then I probably will, and justice is served. I think that then I'll probably break down. But you know. I just don't expect Tyka to really, I think she's really going through a lot herself and it would behoove me as her cousin, her older cousin to act like a fool be out here, you know, tripping like that. And I know people are, how would you act if something like that happened? I mean, no matter what you do, people are going to rescue it. So. Well, yeah. And that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to is like, uh, and, and I don't mean in a sense of well, like, come on. you know, I'm saying like, I don't mean like you would come at him like, yo, how come y'all not? I mean, just like, yo, we family, you know, F all this other stuff. That's yo, what is, get them on the phone or show up at the door. You know, what's going on? We've done a, we've, 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 we've communicated, okay. but not, I've always tried, uh, my wife and I, we reached out and 
um, Taika had told me herself. She said, I just need, it's been overwhelming for me, Charles, and I just need time to grieve. And I said, cuz, you got that. So I never pursued it after that. I got you. Okay. Yep. Um, man, now. Because I do love my family. It was before, it was before Prince was famous. Right. And, you know, I get, I get all these lackeys, that are, these bluebirds that keep trying to come in. When's the last time you talked to him? You know, like really step off. <laughs> right, I, right. You know what? <laughs> yeah, that that. That, that that talk is that, you know, that's corny because, you know, a lot of people, they just don't see you as human. You know what I mean? They just really? they just see it. Oh, this is Prince. And here's this person. Right. They don't see you as real people because they wouldn't have those conversations with their own family like that. Absolutely. You wouldn't question. You'd be like, yo, we hurting. Let's sit down. Let's eat, you know, come together, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, that, that kind and, of And it's my, it's my family. You know, I feel like, I feel like uh, uh, he, he's my cousin, but I always refer to it almost like, but not in a gangster term, but uh, like when you've seen uh, Minnesota Society when my boy <laughs> lost his cousin when he got shot in the street. Cousin and Harold. they had, they wanted to, they wanted to wreak revenge on, on my man because that was his cousin. He didn't see Harold all the time, but that right. was, that was my boy's cousin. So he was like, yo, we got to come back and we got to throw something back out. But, um, you know, that's how we were as kids. Mm-hmm. As a band and everything is that we looked out for each other. So that never died because Prince went to, uh, went to superstardom. And I never was around him for that. That's another thing that's really interesting is that people expect you to be this, like, just because Prince became this big star and was supposed to back off or something. I'm going like, nah, that's when you're supposed to step up. Hmm. Cause something eerily is wrong in all of that. And, and, and I, I'm like, I'm not going to sit back and let that go down. And I know he probably wouldn't with me. I'm sure of it, especially with the kind of, the kind of man that he was is that, um, you know, he was all about that. So I'm just doing, like I said, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. I don't, other people can do what they want to do. All the parts to me that are positive, trying to find out what happened to Prince all fit in my narrative, the negative stuff. I ain't about that. If you want to have a conversation with me, I will throw my phone number out and you can call me up. I ain't running from nobody. I try to tell everybody. I said, you don't see me running. My name wasn't on no pill bottles or nothing like that. Mm. <laughs> you know, come on, speak it. <laughs> okay. So, hey. Um, speaking of, of things of that nature, there was a lot of documents that had gotten released. You know, those those pictures, um, man, they gave inter- me all that interviews. They, Did you have all of that all stuff before? I had all that stuff, my brother. I got it. I got it uh, before anybody else got it. They dropped that on me, and um, they even where you could tell they were uncomfortable about releasing those pictures. They personally pulled me and my wife and I for three hours, and I sat with these detectives. And, you know, brother don't want to be sitting with no with no horse, <laughs> but uh, you know, I ain't been in no trouble, so I'm going like. Uh, <laughs> It was really interesting to be friends with these cats for the past two years trying to figure out, you know, seeing if they're doing their job and stuff, and they really were. I had nothing negative to say about them. They did drop the information on me. They let us, uh, uh, told us what was going on with the, they're going to have to release the pictures. And I, they said, we don't have to, but it's at their discretion. And, you know, my wife and I, we thought, well, why are you releasing them? You know, but I guess I'll never understand why they did. But they did, and, uh, you know, there's nothing really we could do about it, but I was definitely privy to the information before anybody else was. Now, you just said something interesting. You said it was under the 
police's discretion to release those pictures? Absolutely. Absolutely. They could have, they, you could tell the dude that I was sitting with the guys, the detectives, they were, you could tell the shame. I, I hope I'm not, I'm not, um, it isn't a negative kind of shame, but it was like they, somebody over them said, well, we're going to release them anyways. And they just had to deliver the message to me. Wow. Because they said we, you could tell they were kind of embarrassed because they've been cool with me. And, you know, I, this is over their head because what I found out is that they don't really, from the FBI to people down to as lowest down to the sheriffs and detectives, they, certain agencies have more power over the other one, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So they, they obviously it came from the top that they released those. And uh, I haven't even looked at them, my brother. I, I wouldn't look at them. My wife tried to say, well, everybody has looked at them and, try, and tried to tell me about them. I just go, I don't want to see them. Don't tell me. I don't want to see them like that. And I don't even want to see, the, I don't want to see the spot, man. I, I just don't. Yeah. I, that, I'm just kind of blown away. I don't understand. What's the point of putting out the pictures of my man's body like that. I don't really understand what that would serve. Yeah, man, I, I can't even see it. And people are trying to tell me again, you, you know, that they've seen it. And I go like, wow, why you guys even want to even, why you even want to see it? Right. I feel like, I, you know, cause that's, I can't see my man like that. When he was walking around, I, I noticed when he was at that Warriors game, Preston looked right to me. My wife will tell you, I looked at him. I said, you know what? I know he's little, but he ain't that little. Hmm. I wonder what's going on. So, to see him, I don't want to see him like that. And and even even you know, Taika, she said she, um, she didn't want to see him when he when they you know had her identify the body, and that it was you know identified that it was Prince, and she told me she didn't want to look. Right. She didn't want to look. She felt his hand, and knew it was him because Prince had those unique everything. You know, you could tell by his hands. Mm-hmm. And um, she didn't. She didn't want to look. So I kind of feel like it would be hard for me to see him like that, you know. And for them to release it, I just thought it was, you know, disrespectful. And you couldn't say anything to them. They were just basically saying, "Hey, man, we're letting you know we're about to put these documents out on him." Yep, that this is coming out. Yep. Wow. Yep. And and and, and, and me and my thoughts, I'm going. Oh, this is as as all kinds of people have been ascending at Minnesota film people trying to come here. I've been getting warnings about people trying to uh, contact the black community where, where Prince and I come from. Mm. And some of the black leaders called me up and, and uh, put the word out to get a hold of me. And uh, I spoke to them and they were telling me to watch my back. Please let, allow, uh, let these people that are trying to do film movies on Prince to allow us to tell our story and not have them take it and do their story. And that, you know, I, I said, you don't got to worry about it, brother. I'm a, I got that. And so I'm loved in my hood, man. When I, when I went back to the neighborhood to do uh, bus tours to show people the real places that Prince was hanging out in, mm-hmm. the, him and I fisting in the creek and all that stuff, I showed them they number but love in the neighborhood, man. And they really were kind of at first going, what's going on? Who's, who, is this some, these, these, these white folks coming in here and taking over. That's how they were viewing it. I got, no, I got that from the top. The top of the black community was telling me, they said, but you, you, you're good, Charles. You're good. You can, you can come through homie. And I said, I wouldn't do it any other way. If it would have been feeling like I was being disrespectful by doing it. But I said, I want our narrative of what Prince was about to be spoken, not this 
this one they have of him being abused and all this other crazy stuff. You can't be Prince if you were abused. Now, some folks would take take that and go, you have to understand how black folks raise their children. To some white folks, it does look like it's abusive to have. I had friends with their mama would throw a shoe at them and it would have like a boomerang effect <laughs> and, and go around corners and hit them in the head and stuff. And I used to go like, whoo, whoa, what's up with that? But that's just, you know, they, they would threaten you. But you know, they wouldn't hurt oh, you. You, you know that yourself. Know. You know it. Know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But to, to some white folks, they go like, well, you won. You guys, you guys must, must have. No, nah, I wasn't like that. And, and, and the reason why Prince never really got himself in trouble or anything was because the way he was raised. And it was, it was strict. It was strict. I mean, you know, your dad got in your ass. My dad got in mine. My dad was a, a, a Korean war vet. Mm. And he was a welterweight champion in boxing, upper Midwest Golden Glove champion. So he was no joke. And we didn't talk back to that brother. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> we just didn't. This, this may sound foreign to some some of the young ones because they'd be like, what are you talking? "Absolutely." <laughs> some of the, we've lost that, right? I mean, you know, I have to come to my kids. You know, they look at me, they go like, they don't even look and talk back to their mother. Because I, I already made that out when, we, when they were little teeny kids and stuff. And I always see, I look around me now, I see all kinds of craziness going on as far as like parents raising their kids to say something to their kids. Prince and I, we weren't raised like that. And that's not the way we were going to raise our kids. That's just not, it just wasn't in it. And, you know, they call it abusive just because your parents want you to stay in your lane, do the right thing. You know right from wrong. We weren't going to be no dope dealers or nothing like that. Not to knock anybody that had to do that hustle. We, you know, I was, me and Prince, we were out raking leaves and stuff and cutting grass for money mm. when we were kids. I had a paper route. Sounds corny, but it was real money. And, and we was hustling. And then everybody in the neighborhood showed us love by allowing us to come in and play their organs and stuff they had in the house because we didn't have one. Prince had a piano house, but, you know, there was, there, these were some older black folks. That's because they knew our parents. We were able to come in and be in there by ourselves because they knew we weren't thieves. We could come in there and join. Mm. And I'm forever grateful for that, the kind of love that we got like that. So I didn't look at it as being abusive. I just, as you get older, you understand and you have your own family, you know, about our family. Well, look what Prince did, man. I mean, that kind of discipline. I mean, when I, when people go like, well, how come you didn't, how can, how can you didn't pursue? I said, man, nobody could do Prince was built for that. Don't ask me. I said, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I couldn't do, anyone that lie, won't be alive, they said they could do it like Prince. You, you can't forget it. Let, let, let me be the let me be the uh, the, the the hater for a minute because you you kind of throwing some, let me so yeah how, Chaz how come where's your music career at Chaz? <laughs> well, my music career is where I wanted it to be because Prince told me I could play with anyone. I could have been in this first band as I heard uh, as Gail Chapman when she when on um, when she was interviewed on your show. Yeah, I was so glad she told that story about me. I, that was going to be my gig on the drums. Um, and Prince offered me a different one because he needed to have a mixed band. He had asked, offered me a different position, like to play percussion. But, the, but my ego is just as big as his. I said I wanted to play the drums. I didn't want to be no percussion player. And I never regretted it because he said, man, you could play with anybody. Because I really wanted to be his drummer so I could watch out for him. It was a family thing for me. It wasn't about the the record business. Cause I said, I thought we wanted to be free from all that kind of nine to five life where you kind of have to do this or you have to get up and you have to go over here. But when I seen the way he was uh, working, 
I was going like, man, this is a full-time job and then some. And uh, I said, I'm just going to pursue my own thing. Um, and I did. I pursued wanting to play the drums like I wanted to do jazz. I didn't want to be a pop star. I felt like being jazz would keep you, keep you uh, creating more, and you wouldn't have so much of the negativity about, like, the pop life. And, and Prince, like I said, he was made for that, and he still was incredible in that realm. But I wasn't trying to, like, have this career thing because I always hated the fact that it was about money and the backstabbing and all the other things that go along with all the distrust, um, all the liars, all the all – the, uh, I, 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 I'm still blown away that Prince was able to navigate <laughs> and create like he did with that, right. with that in particular. Go, um, so I wanna, me, I, I raised my family. Okay. I want to, I want to go back to, to the Gale, cause I'm glad you brought that up. Um, cause I was, yeah, mm. I was, that was, I was like, wow, I didn't know that you guys had played together. Can you tell us like, how did you meet her? Like, how did you guys initially meet? One of, one of my friends who I always had a band, even after Grand Central and at, and after the Prince was putting his first band together and I was found out I was going to be the drummer. I still was arrogant enough and good enough. I went on ahead and started my own thing. I always have. So, and remember, I'm Prince's older cousin. So um, I just went on ahead and did my own thing just so he would be proud of me. You know, just like, oh, he wouldn't have, he would have looked at me like I was crazy if I had to try to do something else. He would say, man, that's not what you were doing. So um, one of my friends um, said, there's this girl keyboard player, man, you might like to dig and hang out with. And I said, was she funky? He goes like, yeah. And so I said, well, let's arrange an introduction. So he did. And once, you know, of course, when musicians get together, it's about meeting with your instrument. And I brought my drums over to her house and we started jamming. And that was it. Singing and jamming together. She was a great guitar player. She could sing her ass off. And I said, I kept her in mind. I said, hmm, that's real interesting. Um, I'd like to use it for my group, but once Prince peeped to me, he needed a keyboard player. Hey, that was it. I just said, I'm going to sit on it for a little bit while I was around her. I just want, didn't want her to, to um, uh, I didn't like to brag, even though Prince used to get mad at me because I would say, I'd tell people about him, you know, fans and stuff. I would tell him and he would go like, nah, I don't want nobody. I don't want to I don't want the people following me around and stuff. And I go like, man, they love you, man. So, you know, I wanted them to, to dig, dig me. I wanted people to dig me for me. So she, I knew she was knocked out about my drums, me playing the drums and singing. And I said, I'm just going to sit on it. And uh, when, when, like I said, when Prince said, um, do you know anybody who plays keyboards, a female? And I said, wow, dude, do you need one? Yes. I said, oh, my God. I said, I know somebody that's dope, Prince. You're going to love her. And he said, bring her by. And as a man of my word, I brought her by. He knew I wasn't playing. And I, and, Cause he knew what kind of, I knew what kind of ingredients he needed mm. in his music, what kind of people he needed. And Gail was just perfect because she wasn't jive. She had that kind of religious component mm. and not kind of, she really did. Cause she, she, I, I, she tried to tell you about it. And uh, boy, it was kind of scary when she tried <laughs> to turn me onto it. I wasn't ready for it. Okay. And, she got mad at me. <laughs> she got mad at me because I, I just did it. She had paid for me to go to the, to learn from this, the classes that she had and everything. Oh, and wow. um, I just couldn't feel it. 
Now, in terms but, uh, of in terms of religion and stuff, and all church. I mean, were you? Did you used to go to church when you was young or something? Or? Oh, me and Prince used to go to church. Man, we went to Seven Day Adventist. My oh, aunt Mary yeah. would come and pick us up on Saturday and go to church. And uh, we so had she must have scared you with somebody that talked. Then I would imagine. Oh, you know what scared me, my brother. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember at one of the meetings there was a window in the back. I sat in the back on purpose. There was a window that I could creep out of if it got funky. <laughs> So, so once it got like to that point where I was going, oh, it's time to leave. I rolled, pushed the window up and creeped out the, out the back and, and went and sat in Gail's car. She came out, she was all yelling at me. I was going late. <laughs> oh, she was so mad at me. She started following me around, coming to my house to try to get me. I was hiding, for, hiding from her like she was a Jehovah Witness. Oh, Lord. So uh, it, it was really crazy, man. And we, ne- we never spoke after that, even though I got to, you know, hooked her over Prince and everything. She was really pissed at me because I didn't do it. She was all for me wanting to play the drums with, you know, the whole thing with Prince. She thought I was going to be playing the drums too. And, and uh, when things changed, you know, she still thought I would, you know, want to at least be involved in the, the religious part. And, mm. you know, I couldn't, I couldn't dig Dr. Warwick. I think it's, that's his name and stuff. But it was just, it was just weird to me. I was like, wow, man, I haven't seen everything now. I, you know, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm a spiritual man, but not like that. Right. So. Um, I, 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 we'll jump around, but I wanted to dial, go back to something because I didn't get to ask you, you know, about those documents and stuff. And there were like interviews, um, a few that I read. One in particular was like the one with Judith Hill and stuff like that. I'm just curious, man. And it, it sort of talks about the events, uh, you know, a, a few days before Prince had passed. Right. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on those interviews and comments? Okay, there's there's quite a bit that I haven't listened to. My wife listened to almost everything, and she'll okay. she'll she'll cue me in because I I really don't like to, you know. There were there I already knew stuff before those documents came out, so it was just verification to me I got you. that some stuff was going on, and and in my opinion, and some the sheriff said something to me very interesting. He said that he felt bad for Judith Hill because of the Michael Jackson thing. And then she had to deal with the Prince thing. So it immediately, I know a lot of people are hating on Judith, but I, I, I never thought of her as being, she just kind of didn't know. Mm-hmm. It just is an unfortunate part of history that she might have to, you know, kind of live with. I feel really bad for her, you know? Okay. So uh, I can't put her in that realm. Now, some of the other characters though, <laughs> <laughs> then I found out about, uh, like the Phaedra, I think is one of the, oh, the, right. uh, the stuff on her, yeah. you know, my, my blew my top on that one. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Cause people say, oh yeah, everything's cool with Prince. There's, there's no fees there. There's nothing going, you're, you're tripping Charles. And I'm like, nah, man, I ain't tripping. Cause I know that all them people had their hands in Prince's pockets, mm. you know, and he was, he was, he was too busy. And, and working so hard, and I was going like, yo, man, can my man get a break and chill out so we can kind of see what was going on? Obviously, he didn't get a chance to. But um, I, I really kind of, some of the stuff that I've read about them uh, is, is, is fascinating to me that uh, we didn't hear more things about what was going on in Paisley Park. And then and I'd like to shut down another question that people are always asking me. They're going like, well, where were you when all this is going? I said, I always mm-hmm. answer them like this. I go, if I'd have been there, he'd be here. Trust that. So don't ask me why when 
you know, what, where, and how I was going, you should be talking to the people that were actually with Prince. I said, go back a hundred days in his life and, and, and start from there. And I did that. I, I went on a search of a hundred days of, of Prince's life before he passed. And somebody has done a documentary. I can't remember the name of it. I think it's Prince the uh, legend or something like that, but they get kind of close to kind of how I kind of, I got, I, I, I stole this from Dick Gregory. And, um, I think Tavis Smiley also did it with, uh, Martin Luther King. He did the, what you want to kind of do is run up into this person's, uh, death, what they were kind of going through the events that led up to it. And I say, you know, hundred days are kind of good, um, a year or so to kind of figure out what was going on then. I find that to be fascinating to me. Prince's last 100 days leading up to his passing. And there's a lot in that. So I, I hear a lot of people talking about how much they cared about him and, you know, he was this and that to them. And I'm going like, well, then how come you guys ain't doing like me? Hmm. You know, some unjust stuff was going on. Why aren't you, all you people running around doing tours and stuff? Why aren't you, why aren't you with me? Or why aren't you doing your own thing about what happened to my brother? You know, everybody seems to be okay with what went down. And they're going, to, you know, well, we're doing a tribute. I'm going like, well, that ain't a tribute. You know, it had Prince just, you know, like the way David Bowie, he was able to find out that, you know, he finally had cancer. He was able to prepare everybody for it. He did this album that was a narrative of his, what it was like living with cancer and, and knowing his death was coming up. Um, that was classy the way my man went out. And, you know, Prince and I were crazy about David Bowie. And I go like, why not, why not Prince? Why did it have to be this, you know, craziness involved? So, you know, it always is with our people in somewhere, one way or another. And you know where I'm going with that, with the publishing and all that stuff with the record business. And a lot of people want to blame the record business and stuff. But I always go, you know, you know what it is. People in the business know. They know what's going on behind the scene as far as, like, all the, the uh, stuff that's going on. Uh, who's doing drugs and who's not. Mm -hmm. um, it, always, it also makes me ill that people don't want to believe that that could happen to Prince. You know, um, I think one of the detectives said to me, he said, I can see it. I, I almost kind of wanted to take the word out of his mouth because he said, well, you know, uh, some of it was maybe Prince's fault. I know a lot of people don't like to hear that, but the reality of having people that were hooked on drugs in our family when we were younger and to, um, it, it was, it was the reality of, if you're in pain and he did have a partial hip surgery, I heard it wasn't a full. And I got this from the detectives. No, he didn't have AIDS and no, he didn't have the flu, but I always wondered if he had the, the partial hip surgery. So he must've been in a lot of pain. Well, what I learned um, cause I've been, uh, one of our local, uh, this might be good getting off the subject, but it, it'll, That's it'll good. wrap back up into what you asked me. Um, people have reached out me out to me from all types of life in particular, a local news lady. She went to Harvard university. She, her name's Esme Murphy. I, she did an interview with me. She wanted a, a lady had seen the interview. And this woman in particular, her name is Lexi. She had lost her soon to be husband from 
fentanyl, hmm. opiates. And she reached out to Esme, can I talk to Chad? And she said, I'll see what I can do. She talked to me, and I didn't know if I really wanted to get in that realm or not, but I said, it's best that I really kind of understand this if I'm going to, this will help me understand why Prince would even get off the plane. And then it would occur that he would take something again and not faulting anybody, but just saying, I, I wanted to understand in the depth of it. And I learned so much after I met this woman who's got a foundation. And I think my wife sent it, the information to you. I have been doing, I've been going out and speaking with her as a family member who lost someone. We have all walks of life. We're at these meetings that we go to and these, uh, she sets up these things at country clubs. These rich people sitting there that have had people in their families die from opiates. Rich, poor, don't matter, famous and not famous. And I did a clip for them, you know, explaining to them my, uh, what, what it was like, for, what it's been like for me. Mm-hmm. And my understanding about opioids and how easily they can be, you know, you can get them and what they do to the brain. And once she broke that down and I learned about it, it really relieved a lot of my thoughts about Prince, why he did what he did. And people don't understand that it's an illness. You, these things connect to your receptors in your brain and it gets on your brain and it, re, it changes it. It really does. Psychologically, physically, it changes the way that you think and you do things. So it gave me a total different understanding on his plight. And it had to be horrible for him. And it, I began to have a different understanding rather than judgment. Compassion was there. Not that I would have judged him anyways, but I know a lot of people are, and they, that's why they don't want to really believe that somebody, you know, of his stature could get, it can happen to anybody, mm. Mike. It just, it just can. And it really opened my eyes up. And I, I promised Lexi, I said, whenever I can, if you need me to come out and speak out. Well, I got to, I got to meet our Congresswoman, Amy Colbazar. I got to meet Keith Ellison, the esteemed congressman, um, because I was doing the shows on that. And they said, we like what you're doing, brother. And I said, thank you. Because uh, uh, Amy Colbazar is, is putting a bill through Congress uh, trying to go after the people that are trying to get it so that people are not only aware of the opiates and how quickly you can become addicted to them and what it does and that people can get Narcan, which brings you back after you've had an overdose that everybody would have these in their homes. Hmm. And I mean, it might sound like I'm all over the board, but you've got to be into that in order to kind of understand the kind of craziness that was going on in Prince's life trying to deal with that because the way it was broke down to me is that you start to begin to your day begins and ends with trying to get the opiate and hide it, it all of it. Right. And, right. and it, and it's it, the embarrassment that you probably, you could probably feel the shame. Mm. And, you know, I, I didn't want to look at it like, you know, like, wow, you know, I used to make sure that I didn't do anything to embarrass Prince at all. 
you know, I didn't, I didn't get out here and show my behind. I, if anything, I wanted him to read, oh, yeah, man, my man's playing. He's still doing his thing. He didn't never quit. That's all. And I don't, oh, he's in trouble. I didn't never, I didn't want him to ever read anything like that because I was so proud of him. And I still am. But I also understand what addiction does. And it's a disease. Mm. And, and so I said, well, if nobody in the family speaks about it, I'm going to speak about that. Because Prince and I, we grew up with a, with a heroin addict in our family. Really? So the opioid, that's the same, that's the same thing. And my, my uncle in particular, I'm speaking about, he died hooked on heroin, mm. not of an overdose, but trying to get off of it. He never was, he never got off of it. And then I found that 40 to 60% of black folks, black males, in these states in particular, Maryland and Washington, D.C., brothers are still hooked on the opiate, heroin. Wow, man. Age 40 to 60, my brother, mm. still fighting it. I would, I would bet had me sitting down because I'm going to be 62 in a couple weeks. So I'm going, I ain't never touched that. I ain't thinking I'm better than anybody. I just through God's grace. Mm-hmm. I don't like needles or any of that madness. Maybe that has something to do with it. And I, I, in particular, I like, I like being, you know, stable. I don't like being drunk or anything like that. So I don't drink. Um, we experimented with stuff like weed back in the day. Prince used to make fun of us. <laughs> he used to go like, yo, man. He'd go like, I got some papers for you. And I'd go, I'd go what'd you get them for? <laughs> he said, you know, <laughs> you know, you, you know why you, uh, he was trying to get me an Andre to go, yeah, yeah y'all, y'all must be, you know. I said, nah, man, it ain't like that. You know, we tried stuff, but we weren't, you know, that was about it. Um, I, I just, like I said, um, learning all about this, it just gives me a bright perspective on how to approach other people that are going through this, especially people that might be going through it, not only just my family, but if I could help anybody, because I said, if it can happen to Prince, it can happen to anybody, but I, right, right. I, Go ahead. Well, no, it's, so it's it's very interesting. I mean, that that sort of conversation, and it's almost like how do you sort of help the next person who may be struggling with these types of behavior or this disease, as you said, and you know, uh, I think that would be something that at some point, and this may sound crazy to people, but I think a part of the conversation about Prince is to say, you know what, what can we learn from? something that happened to him ultimately one of the things that contributed to this thing and how do we help exactly. so the next person don't have to go through this or either way i look at it is what you, you talked about the shame of it uh the embarrassment Absolutely. that's a big thing especially for a man too you know he's i don't want people Absolutely. to know i'm going through this or i'm weak or something like that but it's like man exactly. you gotta let somebody know he could kill you man like you don't have to hide this type of stuff man get some help um, and be okay with getting help because that's the thing that I've been saying. I said, here's Prince who lived it, and I'm telling you, you couldn't have an ash. You couldn't smell like anything or anything. And I mean, the brother was like that from day one. <laughs> it, I used to see him like people would start lighting up weed and stuff, and I said, I gotta get my cousin out of here because he ain't he ain't with that. He ain't, he ain't about that. And I'm sure you know other people can attest to the same thing. He wasn't about no drinking, none of that madness. You couldn't you couldn't do it. So. I can imagine what he was struggling with. And then you got people surrounding you that maybe, maybe threaten I'm going to tell somebody. See, now we're getting, now we're getting into that. 
you know, and then then you know, kind of kept them in, kind of kept them in that kind of purgatory of of of. Yeah, I, I got you in check, homie. You know, I felt like there was a lot of that going on with him, and through through speaking from you know people that were around, uh, facts that were telling me what was going on. I would say, well, what? I wish y'all would have told me, you know. Before, but that's okay because I get a lot of well. What are you? Why the family don't want to do anything? I said, man, you don't understand. Michael Jackson's mama couldn't even get to see him. Mm. They can make it so in a way that you don't get the handlers to make it so you don't. You, and, and, and Prince ran the show. Trust me. But I, I imagine when he was going through his, going through the um, the opiate thing, it had to be so stressful trying to keep that from everybody. Right. That's why I mean, that's why I always say, man, it's, it's, you know, it can be disconnected from family. But I also understand, too, that your blood family isn't always sometimes your family. But I do feel like you got to have somebody that can pull your coat that you respect to say, yo, man, enough. You know, what oh, I'm saying? Oh, oh, yeah. And <laughs> you know? it wasn't in awe of you. See, I see. I never I always told Prince what I thought and all the things that I, I'm speaking to you about. I would have said it to him when he was here. And there are things that I did say and have said as a family member, as Chaz, about my cousin since the 80s and 90s, articles and everything. You can look them up. I'm in, all, I'm in about 15 books mentioned with Prince. And this before Prince passed away. Had anything I said been wrong, trust me, he would have probably said something about it or, or ceased to exist, cease and assist. A lawyer or something, because I seen, I know he sent plenty of those to some of the band members, so they couldn't talk. These particular band members will tell you they told me a whole lot of stuff that was going on back in the day. But I, I always pride myself on going, hey man, I was never afraid to say anything to him that I thought. The the the, the prince, the star, never. That's not that's not disrespecting him in any way. I get, don't get me wrong, I loved it that he was my cousin. And he he had achieved what he achieved. It made it possible for me to keep doing the stuff I wanted to do. I didn't want to be some fabulous big star because Prince was such a star. You ain't getting in that realm. So let's let's be real, everybody. You can try. You can try if you want to. But I loved the position of him being my cousin, and that he had made it that high. And then I said it made it possible for all of us to tell all our friends and family, you can do that too. Hmm. You can at least try. You have no excuse. Um, let's go back back in the days again, you know, in terms of, uh, in the band and everything, like how, in your opinion, like how serious was Prince? That's the thing I always want to know. It's like, cause it seemed like he was very hard worker and dedicated, but I mean, compared to his peers, you know, how serious was Brother, he? Let me tell you, yeah. let me tell you, let me tell you, uh, not to cut you off. No, I, you're good. I, just, I know where you're going with that. Um, I just get excited cause it's, it's, it was, you don't, you don't really know that what the result of all that's going to be. You just know he always was practicing. And I know people have said it, but they weren't there watching it. I watched him since he was a little kid. He just was relentless. And, you know, as an athlete, we were relentless together about our pursuit of, I wanted to be the baddest drummer in the world. I wanted to be Mike Sharif of Santana and, at, at 14 years old, some of my friends would tell me, I said, you played that drum solo, so sacrificed by Santana. If you hear a drum solo, 
in that record. They say you played that to a T. I didn't even realize I did it, but it was because Prince had me working on a thing like day and night. <laughs> and he always was like that. It was, I don't remember a time. And then so I just said, well, I guess you, you got to be like that. And the people that are around us got to be like that. Or else he didn't fool with them. So yeah, man, he 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 put he he stepped on the pedal and kept it going. Where, where do you think that? And your and your just an observation opinion. Where do you think that comes from? That that Earth I would have to say, even though people try to say that he had like this horrible childhood from going back, no kid can understand divorce or anything like that. But I think to re, to be real, Prince's mother was a hard worker. His father was a hard worker. Um integrity like you can't believe finish and do the job well mm. the best even if it's cutting the grass because i used to cut the grass with him and help him because he didn't want to cut it because i already had my lawn done my dad just said cut the grass every saturday it was done and bagged the girl bagged <laughs> the, the leaves and the grass up in garbage bags and lined them up against the garage and Prince will see me do that. I have friends that have called me to this day and said, man, dude, I used to ask, can I help you? <laughs> my dad wouldn't even let people help me. He said, you do it. Same with Prince. And his stepdad, everybody tries to give a bad name. Hey, with Baker, all props to you, my brother. Um, his stepdad was the best thing that I thought came to Prince. Everybody called him abusive. No, Haywood Baker was like a hard worker too, and he wanted Prince to be the same way. And and so he laid it out like that. You, every boy, I thought in our neighborhood, you had to cut the grass if you had a if you were worth your grant, worth your salt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you you were going to be doing your chores. Now, I thought everybody had chores, so um, it was it was nothing for Prince and I. I would say our family is definitely from where they came from, and they projected that into us. The whole thing about um, where people, I had a. Uh, and um, a fan asked me, where did Prince get the revolutionary, the uh, the uh, standing up and fighting for race and all this stuff? And I said, it was, our, it was our parents and our grandparents. They told us all about all these great people like Satchel Paige. And my, this, is, this is my grandma laying out Satchel Paige and throwing the baseball to me and Prince. And we're going like, who's Satchel Paige? And then we went, you know, she told us about it. We went and looked at Mastia Gibson, people like that. Wyoming Tires. Prince was crazy about John Carlos and Tommy Smith. Because me and him were, he would go watch me run track. And then but I would, on Saturday, we would sit and watch the Wild World of Sports. And we loved watching the 440, 220, and 100 meters. So that was their race and stuff. And when they put them gloves on, it was over for me and Prince. I was like, okay. That's why he wanted to meet Muhammad Ali, which he did. He always had that in him. That was from our family. Our family passed us down who we were, where we come from, right. the people that we come from, the strength of the people that we come from, that you don't make excuses. You can't give up. Mm. That comes from our family. They embedded that in all of us. But Prince got it, and that's why you've seen him go out to Baltimore and, and speak on the thing with Freddie Gray. He wasn't playing, but he don't get he didn't get much play for that. But I, I was thought that was interesting. They played Purple Rain and all the other stuff, but they won't kick it on how he was into Dick Gregory. Because mm. Prince and I had the book Nigga by Dick Gregory. We had that nineteen seventy two. 
Yeah, see, that a, a lot of that stuff is, I'm not going to say it glossed over, but maybe because the people who sort of control the narrative don't really understand that. Well, of course, they're they not going to talk yeah. about that. Right. But yeah, a lot of those things. But, but yeah, you can see it in his though. actions, right? You know, no, Absolutely. A, a cat doesn't donate all this money and resources on the low if he wasn't in, that wasn't exactly. in his spirit, you know what I'm saying? Like, where he come from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, we were into Angela Davis, Malcolm X, and I, and, and, you know, I, 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 you had Owen on the show, which was a great interview. And he was talking, I think his, his book about people that he, he's met that were famous or something like that. Well, mm -hmm. man, you should, some of the people that I've run across because of Prince being my cousin, I got to meet Betty Shabazz. And I've been, this is in the, 1993. She signed my Malcolm X book that I had, and she knew I didn't just go run out and get it because I thought she was coming to her house because I didn't know she was coming to her house. I happened to meet her daughter, Kabila, and helped her move in an apartment where I lived. And I didn't know people were going, that's Malcolm's daughter. And I was going like, well, I'm hip to, I'm hip to her. I treated her. She, we kind of had something in common. Her, her dad was famous. My cousin was famous. So we kind of like kicked it. Well, one day she told me, um, I want you to meet my mother. And I, I was going like, well, I, you know, I, I'm not good enough to meet your mother. I mean, this, she was going like, boy, you're going to meet my mom. So all of a sudden I get a knock on the door. I just came from playing basketball. I tell the story a lot just to make this point. <laughs> uh, I, I look through the people and it's Betty Shabazz, Dr. Betty Shabazz, all due respect. And I said, I can't open the door. And she was going, what do you mean you can't open the door? She said, I said, I'm all sweaty. I ain't looking good. And I'm not going to meet you looking like this. She said, boy, if you don't open this door. I opened up the door with my sweaty butt from playing basketball. She hugged me, blessed my wife who was pregnant, our bae, or my daughter Mars, who was in her stomach at the time, blessed her and signed both of my books mm. and knew, knew that I was about Malcolm way before back in the 60s when I was a little kid because her daughter had told her about me. And I just feel like I just was blessed to even get to meet this woman. And we stay, we, we're friends to this day. The, the, the daughters, the whole right. family. I mean, even after their mother passed and they, they refer to me as a, as a great friend. And I refer to them as a great friend. And I, I go like, Hey, you can't get any better than that. I met Billy Preston, mm. <laughs> you know, because of Prince. <laughs> wow. You wow. know, he can't, he, he here, I, here, my sister has been trying to get me to go to her church for I don't know how long, but then she said this particular Sunday, she called me up and said, uh, Billy Preston's, uh, uh, grandmother goes to our church. She's been attending it for years now. And she said, would you be willing to come to church? Amen. <laughs> <Phone dropped>. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I, and I took a picture with him. I never told anybody or anything. I just, I just asked it and spoke. And, you know, I got to meet him. He told me how much he was crazy about Prince himself, <laughs> you know? And, uh, he said, man, I'm honored. I said, no, man, I'm honored. I said, you like the six Beatle, man. You play with the Stones and everybody, dude. I was like, I said, man, we played some of your songs in Grand Central. We played Will You Go Round in Circles mm. and Out of Space. We did the instrumental Out of Space and Killed It. So I, I remember in, in your thing with, um, I'm not, I know I'm jumping around, I, the Kevin Fleming interview yes. where he said our band got, got beat in the Battle of the Bands. Brother Kev. Not when I was in Grand Central. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Not when I was in Grand. Now Morris and them guys, because I, I confirmed this with some of the people that were in Grand Central at that time, uh, Morris and Hollywood. They did lose a couple, a couple battle of the bands um, with them. I ain't knocking, knocking it because it was Morris in the band, but it was, 
you know, we never lost when I was in our group. So, you know, I was going like, yo, Kev, what's up? <laughs> Let me ask you this question since you don't brought Morris up. And shout out to Morris Day. Yes, who, I love who, Morris. Who, who's the coldest drummer? Right now? No, I'm talking oh, about come right on, now. man. I'm talking about back then. You talking about right now? Oh, come on. Oh, back then? Back then. Back then, Morris was back. Morris back then, he would kick everybody's ass. Okay. <laughs> Just to be real, but there were other drummers that would have smoked him that never got the smoked all of us that really never got any play. And I was talking to one of my friends, and uh, this this brother named Keith King would have killed everybody. And and I will also give the dude that was in the family who was our. Nobody could touch them. They were his, the drummer, his name was Joe Lewis. We all learned from him. Mm. Um, he was smooth and silky funky like the dude in the Ohio player. So um, right now, Morris would, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> any, anytime, anytime, brother, singing to, no. Wow. Because I was the lead singer in our Grand Central Band. Morris wasn't singing, and, and I, the band members would tell you, you know, I was singing lead. Okay. I was singing 110, across 110th Street by Bobby Womack. Across From there to the start listening. There you go. <laughs> Just trying to catch a woman next to me. <laughs> now, do you guys have any tapes? Were, were there any recordings? Oh, Andre, Andre has tapes. Okay. Andre has tapes. Man. Andre has tapes. And then the ones that Prince had, they mysteriously came up missing along with pictures from that. Uh, I asked Tyka, I said, what happened to the pictures, man? She said, when we went and, and checked out Paisley, them pictures were gone. Them were the pictures Prince was going to be giving us and stuff. So, you know, um, oh, I also wanted to say, you, here we are, we're some little kids in Grand Central, and this was without Morris in the group. And don't get me wrong, I'm not, Morris is a fantastic player, fantastic guy turned out to be one of the most incredible entertainers on earth. There's, I have none but love and respect for him. I'm just telling you, we, we opened up for Marvel Whitney, if you know who she is. Do you remember Marvel Whitney? I'm not familiar, no. Okay, you look that sister up. She's in the, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Europe. She was James Brown's protege, kind of a person that mm. was with him. Okay, okay. And, and, and we got a chance from our manager, Frank Jackson, rest his soul, all props out to Frank. He uh, he um, got us the gig to play behind her. Well, we didn't know who we were playing behind because we thought if we're playing behind her, she can't be that famous. But we knew <laughs> we had heard the scene, right? She, we, we hated backing people because we didn't want to play other people's songs. We want, always would create our own. But, you know, that wasn't flying if we were going to be getting gigs. So the, he, our manager got us a gig with, with her. And we were sitting there, who was this old sister? And and then we did some research on her. And we had to shut our mouths and be proud of the fact that we backed her. Mm. And I, I I found out a couple of years ago that she had passed and they it brought brought that up again to me and I was going, I wonder if Andre and them guys remember that we backed Marvin Whitney. Well I talked to everybody and they said, Yeah, man. We didn't know, we didn't understand the magnitude of us being able to play behind this talented, incredible woman. Shout out to her and her family for even thinking and allowing us to even back her. Okay. So, I mean, I feel, I feel like, you know, what a, what a charmed life we all have had. Man, blessing. Um, going back to, so I want to really go back to the investigation. You're starting your own uh, private investigation. 
And I have to ask, yes, sir. I have to ask these questions as well. So I know you guys are uh, accepting donations, right? The people that help. Absolutely, and we're and we're putting we put our own money into. So, so I, the people aren't thinking. I have somebody say we're just getting money so we can go to Hawaii. Some idiot <laughs> right. said that joke, and I thought I thought that was funny. And, I'm and, not going to Hawaii, everybody. <laughs> it's it's in, under volcano action. I'm not going. <laughs> Well, and, and that's the question I wanted to ask to that, you know, and, and for one, I'm saying this because, you know, a, listen, a lot of our listeners, are, uh, I know, are going to want to contribute as they probably should. But just to be clear, like, is there a um, certain amount of money you're trying to raise or, you know, we're, we're just we're just trying to we're trying to get big donors, all these big bowlers that we're talking about, I say little prints or stuff, I'm calling them all out. And I ain't afraid to. Um, we need them because the, the private investigators that we need, the kind of people that we need and detectives and the people that we need and that we're working with, everything's all legit. We've got everything all set up mm. um, legally, tax-wise, and everything. So this is, this is all real talk here. This is not job. Um, we, we just need a, a, we don't know how much we're going to need. We just know that the kind of people that we're going after that can do this work that we need because now that that information has come out now, now you can get and get underneath the nails the fingernails and find out what exactly because the police can only do so much they told me that as long as they, they couldn't they couldn't find out who provided the fentanyl to prince mm -hmm. who mislabeled them who why were the pills all over the paisley park a detective a really good one now, I'm not knocking Minnesota because I don't think they were really ready for somebody like a celebrity like Prince of Stature to pass away. And the detectives, in the way he did the detective work, they don't have so, many, so much money. There were some things that went on behind the scenes as far as like uh, changing administrations. When, when Trump came in, the guy that was the district attorney that was on the case left and a new guy came in. So there was a fresh new eyes on it. I'm in contact with that that um, DA at this as we speak, um, and he got fresh new eyes on it. And so we're trying to keep get some people that are used to dealing in the realm of people that are famous and so on mm -hmm. that can you know do that work. And it's going to be expensive, so right? That, right. That's, that's why we need. Yeah, and that's kind of you know I'm just and I'm just asking this sort of to say you know, a lot of times say okay well we we got to have this much money or this is the people we're gonna try and hire. Well, we know. we don't know we don't know the amount yet because okay. we're we're trying to get it we're, as we as we're speaking we're contacting people we have an attorney out there looking for the right guy because we also know and the law enforcement told me this they said they pulled me aside and they said um, you got to be careful. Because everybody's going to want to be having a claim in this game about Prince. Mm. And I didn't need them to tell me that, but it was nice for them to acknowledge the fact that that's what's going to be the, the tough thing. Who's really serious about finding out what's going on and not take, just take the money just to be, you know, running, giving us the runaround. This has got to be done right. And I'm going to make sure of it because nothing gets done. Nothing is going on unless I have any, I have something to do with it. We're not going to let somebody lobby their way in and control the narrative of what we're doing. We're keeping the focus mm -hmm. on finding a private investigator that can, right now, I know there's people from some of the phone calls I've, I've gotten and people don't want their names mentioned. I can't mention them. 
and I can't tell every tell you everything that I know about the um, what I'm doing with the as far as like um, I just know it, I'm gonna let, let, lay this out. It's an open investigation and never was closed. And so, if anybody has any information that they can lay on me that will help, it would be really greatly appreciated. And like I said, we we've never stopped pursuing this, and we're not going to. Okay. Okay. Is there any sort of like uh, not a time frame for when it to be over, but in terms of like in the next such and such time, we plan to do this. You know what I mean? Is there any sort of plan? We 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 don't we we left it open. We're going as soon as people. I already know people are starting to to talk, and I and I and also know that law enforcement probably realize this too that people once information comes out, you know, people start telling each other. Mm. And uh, now that that information was out about certain people, I mean, it, I'm getting all kinds of calls. Well, wow. it's I- just going to be a matter of time, my brother. Have you ever, uh, I don't want to say ran up on people, but I mean, have you ever come across, <laughs> come across people in your hometown who may have some inf- information? I mean, like you've personally been able to holler at people or, or speak to some of the people in question? Have they tried to, try, are the people in question? No. But people that are around the people in question, yes. Okay. That know those particular people in question, Yes, I can say that. I can't say their names, but but because they don't want it out there. For sure. And um, so they, because people are afraid that they, they ain't going to get to work, in, you know, in this industry again. That's why I told you this is this is this is a lot of people are afraid for their careers or whatever, because there are people that aren't, you know, getting the calls because they've talked. Mm. So, you know, and I'm and I understand that completely because I said, well, then just let me take the hit. You know, they can come at me. You know, I ain't worried about it. You tell me and I'll do the work. All right. All right. Man, Chaz, is there any, we could go on for days, but we're not going to go on for days. Is there there anything else that you want the people to know uh, about this? Oh, about the investigation? I can't really say anything about specifics. I've, I've left, um, I, my wife is, um, I know she's left the information out for you. Um, on, and, and I would, I would, I would encourage people to check out the, the, my website, justice because all that information is there and, uh, we'll take it from there. And I, I, that's, that's the only thing I can say right now is that I want people to stay strong and stay behind me. And if you don't have anything positive to say or contribute, because we need all people that are working on this. We, I'm just doing one angle. There are other people that have suggested to me they have other angles that they want to go at. It's independent, separated from me. I said, as long as you don't clash with me, we're cool. If we're all going and we're all focused on the same thing, it's all good. Oh. But if you don't, I don't know why you even want to be even involved. So, you know, if don't give me that, you know, that sidetrack. We're trying to like knock you guys off your trail because we're not going to be knocked off. So I'm just encouraging all the fans and all the people to keep supporting me. And I really appreciate it. I'd like to shout out to everyone that came to Minneapolis. People came to, to Minneapolis, my brother, from all over the world to meet, yeah. to meet me. Yeah. And I thought that was just so fascinating. And I'm just, 
so overwhelmed with uh, gratitude can that they feel like that about my cousin. I, I, I can't I can't put it into words. And I need them those people to stay. I want to just give them a shout out for for loving Prince that much, and then loving me and my family enough to understand and and try to you know help out in any way that they could. I mean, I, if it ain't just, it isn't just about money. It's also the spirit of finding out what happened to Prince. I want that to be elevated as well. So yeah, if, if everyone could do yeah. that, Hey, and if, and if you don't want to do it, I ain't, I ain't begging nobody. I ain't asking nobody. I just feel like this is my family member. I'm just doing what I think I'm supposed to do. And if it comes out, that um, something else happened differently, I'll let it go. Okay. But until it's right, I don't think we should stop. And I wanted to ask you, uh, we didn't get to talk about the, you know, your tours and stuff of that nature. Um, is that Oh, something, those were crazy cool, man. Is they that were sold out, brother. Is that something you're going to continue to do or thinking about doing? Or? We, were, we, we were doing some in June. And that's going to be it. We didn't want to make it a, like a, like at Paisley Park, not to knock Paisley, but they're doing the tours every year and stuff. I mean, that's their thing. We're not doing it. I just wanted it to be a lifetime, once-in-a-lifetime experience for people okay. that could come and, and, and have me actually sit there, an actual family member that actually watched Prince actually grow up and, and actually really knew him before he was famous and after to come and check out some of the spots that we – practice then started our band grand central in my house we we went to my house went to andre's house and we went to terry jackson's house next door because those were the three spots mm. that we that all of this started in so um um we're, like i said in june is gonna i think we have uh four days we're doing and then uh, that'll be it okay uh what's the uh now you just mentioned a few names of course the great andre simone you said terry jackson terry jackson our our percussionist who came into the group who was who that seeing us in the no i was terry gonna say g- give me the names of all the cats that was down back then oh in our group all the names of the people uh, that was in the group back then that you guys all rolled together okay Okay, I, I will start with Linda Anderson, Andre's sister. Andre Simone Anderson, of course, first. Um, William Dowdy, they call him Hollywood. Shout out to Hollywood. Shout out to Terry Jackson and myself and Prince, of course. Okay. That was it. That was Grand Central, the essential Grand Central, the original Grand Central. Those, those brothers. Now, you know, of, them are my brothers. They always will be. Of all those people you mentioned that are still here with us, what's the what's the communication like? What what was you know what's the squad? These y'all speak. You know what's what's up with that? Well, well, well. It's it's kind of weird in a, in a way because it's uh, Prince's death has really had some some interesting um, effects on on all of us. Um. I don't think, I think, I think my boy Terry Jackson was talking to Andre and then him and Andre kind of got into a little thing and then me and Andre. And it's just like, it's like our whole William Dowdy, all of our, all of our guys are just, I don't, I don't know what we're, maybe it's the way that we're all feeling. We don't know what to do with the, the emotion of it all. Um, But 
I just think that everybody, we're all trying to do our best. And I don't really feel like the way I felt right after Prince died. I've learned so much. I felt like I've grown a lot. So I would speak to, I speak, I'm trying to speak out to all those guys, Dre, everybody. I'm going, this is the time that we should be close. It didn't happen at first because I think everybody was freaked out of the fact that that happened to Prince because we didn't see that coming. I can't, I can't tell you. We did not see that coming for, we just thought we'd be gone before Prince. Really? We, I, and I just think that, you know, we really kind of needed our parents to be alive because Andre's mom would always go, you guys started this thing together and you will end it together. Her, her last day on her, on this earth, we all got a chance to speak to her privately. And when I went to, did my, paid my respects to her, she whispered in my ear. She said, you guys all stick together and don't give up on Prince. Cause he wasn't talking to everybody at that time. And she said it. So in honor of her, we need to be cool. All of us, all of us brothers, we need to stick together. So, um, I, I tell you what, we're we, we going to hold y'all to that. So now I'm not in no position to speak for anybody. Let's be clear. But just as grown ass men and it, yes, what sir. you just said right there. Now, again, that doesn't mean that there's other issues and things that, but you, we're going to hold the listeners we're going to pray and hope that y'all do that, man. For whatever and, else and, is and going we, on. And but, we will. Okay. I hope so. Yes, sir. And, and, and at least, at least me being the oldest and the de facto leader, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm throwing it out there. I mean, you know, I never felt any way strange towards any of my guys. Anyways, I just felt like we're kind of like we're left on an Island with no place to go. Cause you know, we, as long as Prince was out there banging it and it's, to me, the next, the, the, the and, and some people are going to probably go like, oh, he does, they're just going to be so mad at me if I say this. To me, the next best thing to Prince Nelson was Andre Anderson. Okay. Andre Simone. Yeah. Talent-wise, I'm just telling you. I, 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 yeah, people argue with me all the time. They're going, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm going like, yes, I do. And, and there's, a, there's a reason why, why people enjoy Andre's music and the way his vibe is. There's a reason why. And I, and I'm not too petty to go and, and admit that. So yeah. shout out to him. I always will love you, Dre. There ain't no, I, I, you know, my family and everybody, we always have, I was in their home so many times, man, Mike, you, you can't even, <laughs> I've been in all kinds of situations with the, the, with their family, Terry's family. I mean, we're all in William Dowdy, Hollywood, all of them guys in, it's just, you know, it's never been, I don't think there's been any healing from the, when Prince first just kind of, when Andre left the band, when he left Prince with, um, when he was um, doing the tours with them, me and Terry and all the other former Grand Central members, we were there when Andre wanted to do his solo career. And we supported him. Always. He always had my support. All of them guys always have, we've always had his back and, and we'll continue to. All right. Well, we're going to, so, we're going to leave it at that, man. And, and y'all going, y'all going to help us 
younger brothers and lead it by example and show us the way. So I'm going to put that on all y'all <laughs> to do that. Oh, we old school. You know, we're supposed to be better than that, man. That's right. You know, we're supposed to be doing better than that. So if, and, 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 and I'll, and I'll unplug the, the uh, log block and, and I'll, and I'll lay it out there is that, you know, I love all them guys. And I always will. Cause me and Terry, we still talk and, and Hollywood has reached out to me. And I know Andre's busy doing his thing, but I said, we still got to be cool. We all have to stay connected. We can't, we can't allow all of this and all these enemies that are out here separate us. Can't have it. All right. All right. Because we're all speaking, we're all speaking from our hearts and stuff. We're all doing what we need to do, you know? And so, Hey man, come on. I feel it. I feel it. All right, man. We about to get up out of here. Chaz, where can people uh, go again? to uh, get the information on everything as at justiceforcuz.com. Justiceforcuz.com, brother. Okay. All yes, right. Sir. And everything you want to know what I'm doing as far as like even with the, uh, the, um, the um, thing with the opiates, the conferences and things that I'm doing and the things that are some of the, the symposiums that I'm doing, all that stuff is, it's all about trying to lift up Prince, man, and make sure he's never forgotten. I know people say, Oh, we ain't going to forget him because of his music and stuff, but he was just more than the music too, you guys. Mm. So, um, if, if they'll, if they'll go to my website, they'll, they'll, they'll dig where, where I'm coming from. It ain't about me trying to be some, you know, I ain't, I'm not some cousin that just came out of the blue and found out Prince was my cousin. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I've been there from the gate. So this, I'm just, I feel like I'm just, you know, doing my little contribution to it. So, Hey man, I'm mad at I'm not mad at you. If something was to happen to me, I want somebody to ride for me hard. Like I I, I would I would love You know what that. I'm saying? So I feel you. Of course you would. Of course you would, man. And it's like when the lights are off, you know. People, you know, they try to act like they you know, they you can't see, but I'm going like, "Yo, man, you know, when it's when it's dire and things are bad, you see where people, you know, your friends are and the people that care about you." Well, Prince probably would be going like, "Wow." My cousins, my cousin, and 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 all these fans that that paid to see him and adored him, they're they're fighting, they're fighting for him. So I feel like this is this is you know this is the right thing to do. It just feels right. And don't get me wrong, I I have plenty to do. I don't have to do this. It's I want to do it because I'm raising my kids. So if somebody calls, hey, why don't you just you know why, why don't you have anything to do? Uh, this is what I'm doing and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, Chad. Don't, don't, now don't come on here next week. Talking about you dropping an album now. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never, Just Michael, you would never see me doing, you will never see me contradict anything that I'm saying. I am not going to be, you won't see me on tour signing. Now see, I've been offered a book deal. And, and I, and I turned that stuff down cause I, and I've been offered to go on these shows like reels and stuff, turned them down and they pay. Oh, really? But I got my own stuff. I don't need, yo, yeah, they, they offered me to do that stuff. They called me and I, so I hung up on them. Wow. I said, I'm not doing that crap. Cause I know it's crap. Mm. I'm not in, in a book deal. I said, are you kidding me? I said, when there's a time in the right place, I'll talk my book. Like I can see doing. you doing I've been telling a book. Everybody yeah, I, I, I could actually see. I mean, I would love to. I would love to hear those early that you know when y'all was kids and that kind of stuff. Oh man, there's cool. so there's so much, man. I, I I you'd be on the phone for like thirty thirty days, bro. <laughs> right. And and so so for me, I'm going. It's not the right time I to do it. any kind of book or anything. It ain't about me. 
it's a, it's about Prince Nelson. So that's where I'm, that's where I'm focusing my time on. And I'm, you know, I'm not knocking anybody that's doing books because they're doing that, what they got to do or selling tapes or music or whatever they're doing. You won't see me doing it. All right. Well, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, I know y'all going to have something to say. I know it. They're going to have comments, but hopefully it's all good and constructive stuff. And if there's a little pushback, well, check it out. you can deal not, with that. Say it again. If it's, if, it, if it's not, tell them to call me. <laughs> hey, be careful. Cause they got a problem. They'll call you now. Hey, yeah, well, you know what? I ain't scared of nobody, brother. Chaz, I've had a vision. That's right. I've spoken. Uh, yeah, they had a visit. Yep. <laughs> they, they don't have a vision. I said, you think Prince Nelson was a trip? You, you call me up to see what happens. <laughs> oh, man. I recommend it. I, I guarantee you they won't be calling you say back. you're the right one, huh? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I, you know, I run from no one. So, you know, like I said, you know, if they want to complain, go and bring them complaints because I got something for everybody. So you got something for that. So, but my... I like to, I like to say though, man, I really appreciate you, man, brother, doing your your thing on Prince. I mean, I think that's a unique concept, and I know everybody else is trying to do their whole thing, but I think yours is probably the most. I hope I don't get anybody upset at me, but if they do, they can call me too. Hilarious. Uh, you got the dopest show on Prince. I appreciate so that. That's, that's all I'm saying. I'm I, dropping that. I appreciate that, sir. All right. Loved your interview too with with Paul Peterson. That was dope. Paul's the man. Because I know his brother Ricky. Okay. You know Ricky auditioned for I, Prince. Yes, I, I, heard, I heard the stories. No, I was there. Oh, really? I was there, my brother, and Ricky and Ricky turned him down. And I, when I seen that, I said, "Oh shoot!" I yeah, wow. you know, he wasn't knocking Prince or anything. He just could kind of see he was older than us, and he could kind of see the business in that he would just be a mm. keyboard player playing in the band. And he had his own aspirations because their whole family's been dope in music yeah. for I don't know how long. Okay. Yeah. He okay. That's so what you're um, so I really was... like that interview because Paul. Paul, you ought to see his. Man, Paul Peterson is so unbelievable. But you know what? And Ricky's even unbelievable. It's just sickening. That, and then the, one, the brother that plays the bass. And then they got the nephew. His name is JP, they call him. Jason Peterson, man. Okay, okay. Oh, and I also, before you get off, I got to tell you about somebody who never gets any props. And I, I promise they're part of this Minneapolis scene. He's in the Purple Rain movie and everything. And if you can get him on the show, his name is Jerry Hubbard. Oh, okay. I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah. He played with Jesse, I think. Or was he in he Man, was in the time? Let me, wasn't let me, he? Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Let me tell let me tell you something about, about Jerry Hubbard. Out of all these people we've mentioned, from Jesse to everybody, mm-hmm. playing all the instruments and doing all the stuff. Jerry Hubbard. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, okay, he wanted the cold one. Okay. Well, I I've heard you interview all the cold ones, but they would have to take a step back. Really? To Jerry, Jay Hub, man, I'm telling you. Okay. I, and, and and he's a very private brother, so I hope he don't get mad at me for putting him out there <laughs> like that. But I I just I just love the dude, man. He had a deal with a, a songwriting deal with Michael Jackson. People don't really know that, but oh, wow. I was I've been around him. He grew up watching our band Grand Central, and to have him come out is phenomenal. What a phenomenal musician that he is. He plays the bass, guitar, drums, and keyboards, and he and can sing. Man, and, okay. and and before all those guys, and, and I can also tell you the story about how Prince got him in the group because the bass player they had couldn't get up early enough to make it to the bless his soul. Couldn't get up on time enough because Prince sent that limo to pick him up for Purple Rain. They just called Hub on the spot. Mm-hmm. And Hub was up at five in the morning when that car came and the rest is history. Wow. He doesn't get enough credit to me. 
and I, and I've heard everybody else being praised, but That's more right. of them guys all know they all know how. Get him on that show on okay. your show, man. I, I will do that. You got to. I'll do that. I'll reach out, man. I appreciate you putting me up on them. That's oh man, I'm surprised nobody. I've been listening to see if anybody was going to mention him. I said, wait a minute, <laughs> Hubble bang everybody. Come on now, <laughs> man. I don't know. His daddy what? was a professional. His dad was like a like the George Benson of our neighborhood. People used wow. to go. Sonny T used to go get get guitar lessons from his Jerry Hubbard Sr. So everybody knew about Hub's dad. But, but Hub used to come and watch us at our band practices in Grand Central at Andre's mom's house. And to see him turn out and also men condition, them brothers used to come and check us out too. Mm. Stokely and them guys. So, you know, they, they kind of feel like I've had people come up to me and say, man, them guys kind of got your, their, their uh, vibe from you guys. And which I'm really proud of. And, and Jerry Hubbard is one of those guys, man. He, of course, Stokes speaks for himself. Right. There, there's nothing else to say. The, the coldest R&B real band musician playing dudes on the planet. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know what I'm y'all sorry. had in what saying. y'all had in the water up there or what, but there's that period. Oh, man. you know y'all we had the funk. You know that it was it was it was like I try to explain to people. They go, well, what is the Minneapolis sound? I said. There really isn't a Minneapolis sound. Prince had his own sound. Morrison and guys had their own sound, even though they were time. You can, you can say because it comes out of Minneapolis, but from our rock groups to our funk bands, everybody was unique. Mm. It's a sound of individuals. It's not, and everybody wanted to outdo everybody. It wasn't a thing. No one wanted to be the same as everybody. Like today, everybody copies. Those cats back in the day, and including guys that never really made it, were so absolutely fascinating to watch singing groups, bands behind singing groups. We learned and cut our teeth watching that. So them guys, definitely all those bands back then, that's why I feel like some of the cats must feel insulted. I told the people at the University of Minnesota when I was talking to them that they wanted to do the Minneapolis sound thing. I was going like, it ain't really, it's an insult to put it in that little cap like that. Mm-hmm. Cause I, Motown, right. They got their own. That was the Motown sound, sound of Philadelphia. Yeah. They got their sound. But see, we had groups that had their own sounds. It was Prince was his own sound. You couldn't copy it. The time was their own. Once Jimmy and Terry and them guys put their thing together, they had their own sound. Right. Everybody right. had their own Andre Simone own freaking sound man own sound jerry hubbard jesse johnson own sound nobody sounds like them nobody all right man we we hear you just happen to, to be to, in minneapolis teacher go ahead <laughs> you know i was we listening <laughs> I'm, listen just, I'm, just, I'm just saying man <laughs> well man we appreciate you chaz <laughs> listen because like i say we can keep it going Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for putting up with me, bro. Oh no, it's, you're putting up with me. Thanks for blessing us with the with the stories and the insight. Nah, nah, anytime, brother. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to the Prince Podcast here on PodcastJuice.net. Please continue to support. Please share this with other fans out there. And you know, as we always do, we always appreciate everybody that comes on and shares. Hey, like I always say, work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>